talk today. Briefly, as brief as a preacher can be. On the subject of standing firm. Standing firm. You know, I'm going to share a few scriptures. Psalm 20, verse 7 and 8 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Psalm 119, verse 89, doesn't really talk about us, but it's important. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Amen? I feel it is important, you know, because, you know, every four years at least, you know, depending on your view and so forth, we have exchange of power, we have politics, we have all these things and all these issues of life, storms, famines, all this wars and all this other stuff. There is a lot of stuff that can shake us up. There's a lot of stuff that, 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 that when it doesn't go the way that we'd like it to go can shake us up. Amen? But thanks be to God that there is a rock upon whom we stand. Amen? I want to get ahead of myself. First Corinthians 15, verse 58. says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. We need to keep our eyes on the prize, y'all. Amen? What does it say? On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand. Amen? And it may be my weird way of looking at things, and I will admit at times I do have a weird way of looking at things. But but I look at that. I don't just look at that as there is just this one spot, that solid ground. Everything else is sinking sand. I look at that and it says, I'm undergirded by Christ. And because I am and I walk with him, though I walk on what's quicksand for you, it's solid ground for me because of who is who's my foundation. Do you believe that?
2 Corinthians 1, verses 21 and 22 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing that is to come. The world can come at me a lot of different ways, but they can't take that. I've been sealed. Stevie Wonder might put his sign, sealed, delivered. How many of you know the Lord this morning? Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. If you don't, come see me. Because you need to know him. You need to know his love. You need to know he cares for you. You need to know what he's done for you. First Peter. Motoring through it, y'all. First Peter five verses eight and nine. Be self controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So even even included in resisting the devil is the need to stand firm. Not just against something, but stand firm in the word of God. Stand firm in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen? I've already put some of y'all to sleep. i got about three or four amens. If you don't agree, don't say amen. But if you do, you ain't going to offend me if you shout it. Stand firm. Now, Why must we stand firm? Now, you know, I've meditated on this this week. And I'm just going to say it how I wrote it down. We have to learn to stand firm. We have to. Y'all, time has got to be growing short. Because there is a persuadable generation of the lost outside these walls. They exist outside the walls of our home. They are outside our circles of trust. They are beyond the borders of our comfort zone. And I looked at that and you say, where where could this where could he possibly be going with this?
I'll get there in a second. You know what? Those people, those lost people, those lost persuadable people who also Christ gave himself for, they need more from us. And I sat there and I took it before the Lord and and I, I sat there and I was sad and I'm looking, didn't matter what news organization I'm looking at, doesn't matter if I'm looking at CNN, doesn't matter if I'm looking at Fox, doesn't matter if I'm reading Wall Street Journal, doesn't matter what I'm reading, there's article after article after article over how disheartened and dismayed and discouraged my brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ are, you know, as a result of the election. And I, and I share, I, 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 I believe that. I, I, I know, in other words, I know how you're feeling. But what I'm looking at is from the standpoint of the witness that the world needs to see. They need to know, do we really believe these scriptures? Some that, some put their trust in horses. Some put their trust in chariots. But we put our trust in the name of the Lord our God. They need to look at the body of Christ and get a sense that, you know what, this isn't just lip service. Our God runs this whole thing. And it does not matter who we have in Congress, who we have in the White House, who we have leading us. We know who the real king of kings is. There is a God on the throne that is in control. So I am among those, (laughs) God forgive me, I'm among those that don't, (laughs) I don't put much stock in either, in in, in either man or party or whatever. I don't put much stock in any one of them. All my stock is heavenward. Because I know my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. And I believe God wants to encourage the church, but he also he, he, he also wants to challenge the church. Let, let's not be swayed by circumstance. Let's not be teetering and tottering based on how things look, but let's be firm. God's word doesn't change every four years. They need more from us than our opposition to the way they want to live their lives. They need more from us than what they get or see every few years. You know, they they need more from us than our than, than anger or disdain or dissent or to be called out. You know, I had to catch myself a couple of weeks ago. Because here I am, waxing, waxing eloquent with zeal. I'm going off every few days. And you know, my oldest daughter, she's working. She looked at, she just said, and it just came out of her heart, and I know the Lord just had her say it to check me. She's like, you know what? 
I'm just not going to vote. I'm calling everybody out. <laughs> you know, I'm call, I, I am waxing eloquent on what is wrong, how we've turned from God, what principles we are not following that we need to follow. It, you know, it's almost, I gave the impression of what's the use. Why participate in the process? Why do anything? And it led to me having to have a conversation with her, sitting down with her and said, you know what, I have to apologize to you, sweetheart. Because the example that I gave you is not an example of faith. The example I gave you was the example that, 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 that Paul warned us about in Corinthians. The bickering and complaining and all that. He said, you know what, I gave you an example that was not an, an example that honored and, 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 and exalted the Lord. So I repented before her. And I told her, I said, don't let me harden your heart. I said, too many people died to give us the freedom and give us the right to vote, to choose our leaders. And I'm sorry, my attitude uh, took away from that. I'm sorry, my attitude distracted you away from that. And I was like, you know what? We're in the greatest country on earth. We have rights and freedoms that other countries can only dream of. And I asked her to forgive me. And I said, you're going to be voting in two years, and I'm taking you there myself. Just follow God. Have a clear conscience before God. Go in that voting booth and do your civic duty. Amen? So I'm standing here as a guy who has, done what I'm preaching about today. I was not standing firm, man. Was I, I guess, I guess I, I was discouraged, but it came out in me as anger. It came out in me as frustration. It came out in me as complaining. And it affected my house. And I had to deal with that. And I believe we have to deal with that in the house of God. I asked earlier, you're probably wondering what I possibly meant by that. I said, well, when I said they need more from us than our opposition to the way they want to live their lives, I don't want to dismiss that. You know, uh, I don't want it to sound flippant or anything, all right? But they know the loss, the ones outside our walls. They know where we stand on issues because we stand in opposition to them on those issues. And where we stand on those issues is right before God. It's right. We don't have to apologize for that. It's right before God. If homosexuality is a sin and it says it in the Bible, to take the stand that it is, it's right before God. God formed us in the womb. Life begins at conception. It's right to have that view before God. That's not an opinion. That is the word of God. That's what we stand on. That's the truth on which we stand. They know where we stand on those issues. But they don't know the one in whom we stand. Let me say that again. They don't know the one in whom 
we stand. Our stance on those issues comes out of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Their stance comes out of their unregenerate sinful nature. And there's no, there's no reasoning together apart from who? Christ. Then whether or not, and I came to this conclusion, whether or not we win the argument, they still stand condemned before God apart from Christ. And I believe a primary concern should be that the gospel is communicated to the persuadable ones. It needs to be in the arena. Yes, take a stand on the issues, but make sure that in doing so, it's obvious that we're taking a stand for the cause of Christ. And what is that cause? Not that, that not anyone should perish, but that all should come unto salvation, a saving knowledge of Christ. Now, if this is not you, just pray for the rest of us who it applies to. Too often, there is arguing. There is putting people down. There is judging. There is, there, there is praying against people without the gospel being presented and an appeal for Christ ever being made. I just believe God wants to challenge us to make sure that we are flowing in the heart of God. I'm going to repeat that. Too often there's arguing, there's putting down, there's praying against without the gospel being presented and an appeal for Christ ever being made. We have a greater calling than that. Stand on the issues. Stand on the side of truth. But in so doing, don't forget to stand for the cause of Christ. Don't neglect to see the ones who are deceived by Antichrist as among those Christ died for and desires to be reconciled with. And as I was going through this, man, I just kept scriptures, you know, kept kept going over in my mind, kept going over in my heart. Scriptures that are very commonly known scriptures, you know, that that our our struggle, our battle, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers. And and, and, I, and deep down we know that. But 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 at times it comes across as though we don't. Does that, does that make sense? It makes it, it comes across as though the the mission field is the enemy. So there is a little bit of despair throughout the Christian community in America this week. And at least, you know what, I don't have a voice for all of them to hear me. And 
Heck, I was supposed to preach a couple of weeks ago, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, for various, for a couple of reasons, I got moved back a couple of weeks. And this was before there was any results even known as far as elections and so forth. But I believe that it's even more needed now. And so I just take that as God's doing. There's despair, but I don't share that despair. I thank you, Lord, for the promise that I have in Christ. The question we have to ask ourselves, and I said it earlier, is do we really believe this stuff? Do we really believe it? Because we're going to have to, when the rubber meets the road, we're going to have to realize that, you know, we're going to have to be committed We're going to have to be all in. We're going to have to be willing to walk through the fire if we need to. We're going to have to be willing to wade in the flood. We're going to have to be willing to stand strong. And you're going to have to know it here. You're going to have to know it here if you're going to stand firm. Philippians chapter 4. I would encourage you all to read Philippians again. I have my iPhone out. It's Bible open. I'm not checking scores. I'm a NASCAR fan, so I'm not checking to see how Jeff Gordon is doing. It's 11:30. I haven't even started yet, so. But uh, I would encourage you to read the book of Philippians. And I mean, just pour over it and read it over and over. Just prayerfully read it and ask the Holy Spirit to, to just open your eyes to what God is saying. But it starts off in verse 1, therefore, so you know that whatever he's about to say, all right, is based on what he just finished saying in previous chapters, right? Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. So basically, uh, he, he basically tells them how to stand. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. So it's a little bit of what he said in previous chapters and what he's going to say in the remainder of chapter 4 that gives us an outline, gives us steps of what we can do to stand. Now, I'm going to let y'all go and do some of the earlier readings of the previous chapters, but I did 
I did bring out some steps here. How to stand. How to stand. Philippians, out of Philippians chapters 3 and 4. How to stand. One, rejoice in the Lord. That wasn't just a request. You know, he's saying, he's saying, look, this is a command. I'm instructing you, rejoice in the Lord. So are we going to believe that, trust that, and obey that? He says, rejoice. So I'm not coming in here with my head down. Nobody knows the trouble us. I'm not, no. I've made up my mind. I will rejoice in the Lord. Also out of chapter 3. Number 2, how to stand. Put no confidence in the flesh. My confidence doesn't come in my abilities. It doesn't come in my oratory skills, as limited as they are. It doesn't doesn't come with what I am capable of in and of my own self. I don't get salvation out of something that I earned. It's the gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Paul said, all the things that I, he said, I'm a Jew. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Pharisee. You know what? I, you know, I had some stuff to crow about. So if anybody had confidence in the flesh, I, you know, me more so than anybody. But you know what? That stuff was rubbish to me for the excellency of knowing him. Amen? Number three, the segue, seek continually to know Christ in a greater way. Don't be content with where you are in the Lord. Be hungry for more of him. Be hungry to know him in a more intimate and deeper and more loving way. Number four. It's kind of long. Desire to know and share. The righteousness that comes from God by faith. You know what? There are a lot of people out there that have no, they can't even conceive in their minds that God could look upon them favorably. They can't even conceive in their minds that another human being would have any reason to love them, to care about them. It is horrific, the childhoods that some people have had to endure. The tragedies that people have had to endure. The the, the mistakes and the consequences of those mistakes that people have suffered through. And they have done what we tend to do in our human nature. They have condemned themselves and have labeled themselves beyond loving, beyond redemption. And they need to know there is hope. They need to know that they can be made righteous, not not by making 
it good, all the crap that they did. Is that allowed? By making, not by making good all the mess that they caused back to, uh, back in the day. They can't just clean themselves up and be presentable to God. Because all of our righteous deeds are as dirty rags. It can never be good enough. The law, the, the, the law taught us that. The law made, it, made sure that we all stood condemned and knew that there was no way we could gain salvation in and of our own strength. And it was meant to point us to the only one who could. And they need to know, despite your past, despite your history, despite what you've just come out of. And, yes, it may be your fault. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. As we used to say, you're done screwed up. Not going to sugarcoat it. But you know what? Thanks be to God. Jesus paid the price. And he doesn't discriminate. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was number four. Number five, have a press-on mindset to win the prize. Don't, you know what? And the way I look at that is, you know, Paul said he's he pressed forward toward the mark of the high call. To me, that's somebody that is that is determined, that's persistent, that he expects opposition, he expects resistance, he expects difficulties, but he's made up his mind that it won't stop him. Amen? He's made up his mind that he's going to wade through the difficulty. He's going to wade through the problems. He's going to stand on the word of God, and he's going to move forward in faith. He's going to keep reaching. If something knocks his hands down, he's still going to, he's going to put it back up and keep reaching. If someone tries to trip him up, he may fall on his face, but he's going to get up, and he's going to keep reaching. We need to have a press-on mindset. So that if it doesn't just fall into place, I know I love it when it falls into place. You know, uh, we love saying, you know what, it was, oh, it was just God. It just, it just fell into place. You know what, it can be God and be the hardest thing you ever did. And in order to walk through that, you're going to have to have a press-on mindset. Amen? Not to expect it to be easy. Number six, I got a lot of numbers, all right? (laughs) Number six, (laughs) says, let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. So, in other words, be gentle. God's be a gentleman. Be humble. Be meek. Don't be arrogant. Don't be dismissive. You know, just think about, think about the contrast between Jesus and the Pharisees. You know, I'm going to give the Pharisees the benefit of the doubt. I think both of them wanted the the prostitutes and the and, and, and the money changers, uh, the, the sinners and publicans, I, I think I'm going to give the Pharisees the benefit of the doubt until they both wanted them to be right with God. But one 
took the word of God, took the law, and used it as a sledgehammer. And the other one went where the sick were and was a caring, loving physician. Same objective, not excusing the sin, confronting it, but doing so in love. And he had prostitutes. He had he he had guys like uh, Zacchaeus. He had people who were just crooked as all get out. Come to him and repent. People will respond to the gospel when we present it in the heart of Jesus. Amen. Those same people that the Pharisees never saw come to the Lord, they came to the Lord when Jesus presented the gospel to them. Uh, number, number seven. Basically, it's don't worry. Don't be anxious. What does it say? Philippians 4, verse 4. Let's read this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. That's how he started chapter 3. He reiterates this in chapter 4. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Right? That that was just number 6. Um. uh, Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. How much is anything? (laughs) You know, is is anything exempt? Trick question. No, do not be anxious about anything. You know what? That leaves nothing out. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Man, he doesn't give us any out whatsoever. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He doesn't say ignore it. He doesn't say pretend like the situation isn't the way it is. But he says, don't get worried. Don't get anxious. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, that's the hard part sometimes. We can go pray, (laughs) but we're leaving the thanksgiving at the doormat while we're going to pray. Make your request known to him. Hebrews would say, you know what, it's impossible to please him without coming to him in faith. That's what he's saying. Because if you go full of anxiety and worry and fear, you may be going up to God and praying, but you're not doing it in faith. We need to act like we really believe this stuff. I'm going to keep saying that. You know, do we believe it? Can, can, Can we trust him? Is he trustworthy? Does he really hear my prayers? Does he really care? Does he really have the power, you know, to make beauty out of ashes? Does he really have the ability to take this marred lump of clay and make it again another? 
Can, can he really do those things? Can he take a broken life and make it whole? Can he run a country, all right, if a, if a person that doesn't honor God is at the head of it? You better ask Nebuchadnezzar if you got any doubts. <laughs> My God's ability is not constrained. Our God. I say my, but you know what? I, I just I make that declaration like I make it on my own. So, so our God's ability is not constrained. Our God's ability is not limited. Amen? That little nation that we know as Israel was in bondage under the greatest power of the day in Egypt, Pharaoh. Hebrews. No way, no way you could imagine them ever breaking free from those chains, from those shackles, from those bonds. And they never would have been able to had not Jehovah. Hallelujah. Had not Jehovah. Delivered them and set them free. He made a promise. And his word is firm. Amen? Didn't we read that earlier? His word. Psalm 119 verse 89 is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. He made a promise. He picked a man that wasn't very sure of himself, wasn't very eloquent, sent him and said, okay, I tell you, here's your script. You go tell him, just let my people go. That's all you got to say. I'll handle the rest. He, he, he didn't think he could do that. All right, all right, here, take Aaron. But you go do what I told you to do. I am about to show myself strong against Pharaoh. He did what he promised, didn't he? It probably took a little longer than they dreamed, a little longer than they hoped. But God honored his word and proved himself faithful and proved himself above all powers. Above all thrones. Amen? You don't have to say amen. I'll amen. I'll amen it myself. But I appreciate it if you did. Number eight. I got a couple more. And this is, I'm just going through Philippians 4 for for these last five. So six, seven, eight. In every situation, present your request to God by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So I split them up. Seven was don't be anxious. You know, don't worry as though you don't know the end of the movie. You know, I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself, but I've always liked 
growing up, I've always liked uh, like scary movies. The second time I watched the movie is a little, always a little different than watching it the first time. You know, the suspense, the, the jumping out of nowhere. Uh, the first time you watch the movie, it, it gets you, doesn't it? But the second time, if I'm watching a movie and I got a, you know, I, I got uh, somebody else watching it with me for the first time, I'm over there looking cool while they're over there flipping out. Why? Because I know what to expect. I know what's about to happen. I know the end of the movie. Amen? So we don't need to be flipping out as though we got to wonder, if God is God going to come through? Oh, God, Jesus, do you, do you know what I'm going through? Can you help me, please? As though God doesn't want to help, as though God is not able. God is able, and he's willing. All right, we're going to, number nine comes out of verse eight of Philippians four, and I sum it up this way, sanctify your thoughts. And it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's a lot of things we can think about. I think since renewing of our minds is so important, Paul uh, Paul encourages us in Romans 12 that that that, that we ought to we ought to be, uh, renew our minds. You know, I believe this is a way to go about that. You're sanctifying, you're thinking on those things that are excellent and praiseworthy, what's true, noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, and not getting caught up in all of that mess that's going to cause you to develop a carnal mindset, and it's going to cause you to be um, prone to, you know, to flipping out and walking in unbelief when we need to be standing strong in faith. I tell you what, that the world really needs to see us. Standing strong, not 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 on the emotional roller coaster. They're on that already. One of the one of the vivid memories of my past came out of tragedy, and uh, we didn't have the same mother, but my half brother uh, Darrell was murdered. When I was in college here at OSU, he was 20 years old, and uh, you know I was in uh, I was in the I was in the ministry not quite two years at that time. You know, uh, this is 20 years ago, and uh, I went and you know inside me, you know, there's a lot of things going on. You know, but God gave me a peace that I that I couldn't even I couldn't even understand. I couldn't even really explain it at that time. And and I got a chance to speak at the funeral. And unbeknownst to me, guys who went to school, we were a year apart. Guys who went to school with him and me, we knew each other, we played together and everything. They were observing me. They were watching me. They knew you know, they, they knew that I was a Christian. They knew it how to answer, I had answered my call. 
and they had an expectation of how I was going to behave. They, they, they knew how they would, you know, they, they, they knew we were close. And yet, I, I, I just, I just walked through it. I mean, God, God just, he gave me a peace and I was able to, I, I was able to share. I was able to forgive. I was able to just communicate with everybody and console and, and lift up everybody and just be strong for them. And I've, you know, and I had a couple of guys come up to me and say, man, they're like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you do it. He's like, and, and it spoke to them because they weren't Christians, but they were like, man, you know, they, even they said, I could tell God was all over you. You, 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 you you had basically what they were saying is you had a grace. You had the, <laughs> the presence of God was over you. You had a grace, and and it spoke to them. And I got an opportunity to speak to a couple of those men, those young men, about Christ, as a result of them observing me in the midst of a tragedy. It's amazing. God can speak to people in situations you wouldn't think He could. He can speak to them at any time, through anything. You know, and I, and I was, I'd like to say I was just some deep Christian. I just knew the virtue. Man, I was just, I was just crying out to God. I just asked God to help me. And God was faithful, and he helped me. And he, and he helped me walk through it. So God will help us, y'all. He'll help us. And, you know, if we cry out to him in faith, if we trust him, if we say, you know what, you know what, I've allowed all this stuff to distract me. But at the end of the day, (laughs) it's what God's word says that counts. At the end of the day, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. At the end of the day, I either take him at his word or I don't. And uh, I'll finish verse 9. In verse 9 is the final step in how to stand. says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Step 10, practice what is preached. That's a little catchy phrase, but. It is said, practice what is preached and what is modeled before you. But I love what it says. And at the end of that verse, it says, and do this. Whatever you've learned, whatever you've received, whatever you've heard from or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So earlier it says, Make, let your request be made known to God. With thanksgiving and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Then it says, whatever you've seen 
whatever you've heard from me, whatever you've seen me do, you know, uh, 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 put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. There may not be any groundbreaking revelations, any groundbreaking truth, you know, but does it really need to be? <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, so I just want to encourage you. Now, now, this day, moving forward, don't be dismayed. Don't be shaken. Don't be moved. Stand firm. What is happening is not a spiritual earthquake. We're able to stand firm in the Lord, in the spirit. Amen. Writing stuff down during praise and worship. I'm sorry. So, in, so in conclusion, don't don't leave her saying, you know what that man said. I don't know how you can get this, but I, that's the only thing I can think of right now. Don't leave her saying that man said. You know, we should not stand on uh, issues. We should not stand against, uh, we should not stand for life or stand for marriage. No, you stand for those things. Woe is us if we don't. Also, don't forget that the, uh, I'd say the best way to defend life, to defend marriage, hallelujah, is the gospel. Jesus. He can change a heart that my best argument cannot change. He can soften a heart that my most eloquent argument cannot soften. He can meet a man on Damascus Road and strike him with blindness and reveal himself to him and make him see that Christ is Lord and Savior of all and repent, whereas none other disciples could do it. Amen? Let him use you. Be bold. Be vigilant. Be strong. Stand firm. If you believe the word of God, And you wouldn't be here if you don't. Talk like it. Walk like it. Act like it. Don't let situations throw you for a loop. This God is still God. (laughs) And he will forever be. Amen. Would you please stand? I wish I had that song, that Hillsong song, Stand. I've been listening to that song. I could pop it on my phone, but y'all wouldn't hear it back there in the back. But praise God.
I'm going to ask you, those of you who want to, you know, I believe that this was a word from the Lord. And I'm just going to ask, I'm going to invite you to come up. If you want to just, if you want in your heart, say to the Lord right now, you know what? I'm deciding to stand. I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to stand firm. Maybe I've been wavering. Maybe I've been anxious. Maybe I've been a little overly worried. Maybe I have not done the things that were pointed out here today. But, Lord, I declare this day, this moment, that I here I stand, and I stand firm, hallelujah, in Christ. Hallelujah. If you're moved that way, I just want you to make your way up to the front. I'm not going to lay hands on everybody. I just want you to do that as an act of your declaration, an act of faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like you to extend your hands from where you stand. You need to be discouraged, standing up. Hallelujah. Making that declaration. Glory to God. Father God, we just thank you so much. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much, Father God, for you, for your presence that is here with us today. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that you are faithful and that you are true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, for those who have come up today, Father God, that have made the declaration before these witnesses that they are that they have decided to stand firm, to stand strong in the Lord their God. Hallelujah. Father God, I pray that you would give them courage. I pray that you would give them grace, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you would give them boldness, Father, to, to, to stand in the evil day, Father God. Give them an understanding on how to stand in the evil day, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.